Todd. Yeah. Whoops. Uh, I'm talking to my brother Jim right now. Can I get back to you? Sure. Say hi for me. Oh. Okay, I will. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. strange phenomenon though i was on a uh well it wasn't skype it was zoom and uh i couldn't hear well or uh then i went to talk to somebody and apparently they couldn't hear me with the speaker on hmm. you know the head the headphones yeah and so i just unplugged it and suddenly the stuff i couldn't hear well was coming through my speakers better than through the headphones so i don't know what happened i thought maybe, maybe you, I've had that happen when the headphones are not plugged in. Uh, you know, not if they're plugged not plugged in right yeah, or something. Yeah, I'm not hearing you in. I'm not hearing me in my. That's weird. Oh really? Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you fine, and you hear me fine, but I don't hear me fine. That's, that's disconcerting. Yeah. Let me uh, look at the. Where's the. I've got a thing that shows you graphically where the sound is going, if I can find it. Let's see. Okay, am I... Well, crap, I can't get a hold of it. There we go. Um, yeah, it shows that my volume level is really low. Why am I not hearing myself? That's weird. Hmm. Hello, 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 uh, hello. Uh, I'm, I'm. You're there. I'm. Yeah. I'm just trying to make noise so I can hear myself. That's because yeah. usually I've got a mute button, so like I'm gonna hit my mute button. So I'm gonna blah 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 blah, so that you know you can tell the mute button. Yeah, is not muting. I just don't hear back into my headphones very well. That's odd. Huh. Anyway, it seems to be recording okay. Okay. Huh. It's just disconcerting that I can't hear into my... Huh. Test, test, test. Yeah, it's it's all there, but I'm, I'm wondering if... Is my headphone... Let me double check and make sure that everything's... You know, that I didn't bump something and, you know, the mic may be working, but the headphone, well, uh, headphones obviously working because I'm hearing you in it. I don't know. It's weird. Because hmm. usually I can hear myself, you know, through the headphones. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm talking to you, though, and I'm not hearing my voice through my hair headphones for some reason. Huh. I usually uh. do. I know. Let me double check what Skype has as its output source. Let me do that. That maybe got changed. 
do 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 speakers nope that's all right mm. and it's clearly getting getting my sound i don't know well you ready to kick it off or <laughs> yeah we got a fair amount of stuff here to talk about so yeah i, I think we have more than we need really <laughs> probably so but we'll I, just kind of take it as we go, I guess. Okay. Uh, where, where should we start? Up at the uh, top? Yeah, let's just, excuse me. Oh, let's go to the remove this at the top, which is the... Um, oh. Well, the first thing that I put in here was Pompeo. Uh, it says Pompano. I don't know who that is, but Pompeo issues stark warning. Oh, that's... Yeah, uh, you're, you're, there was a political thing and i i i guess we don't need that one we can go to the uh, apple patent reveals reality right below Uh, that yeah okay let's uh plan on that so let me go ahead and hit the go button here okay okay Good day to you all. It's Monday where I am. That means it's time for Generation Tech, and I am Todd Brinker. I'm here with my dad, Jack. How are you, Generation 1? I'm Generation 2. Oh, I'm doing (laughs) fine over here at Gen (laughs) 1. They use letters for generations these days, but we'll just as well start the number system. Yeah, yeah, we'll just... (laughs) Do our own well within within the sequence of the generations represented on Generation Tech today. You are the first of those generations. <laughs> I am the second of those generations. Occasionally, we yeah. throw in a third generation, but not too often these days. Yeah. So, uh, so we're a little late recording today. You had uh, a call from a family member. I did. Uh, it's been a long time since I talked to my brother. He's been out traveling around the world. Yeah. Kind of an kind of an ad hoc trip. Seems like they were gone for a month at least. Yeah. Uh, over in Europe and Africa and uh, just lots of different places. Uh, I can't even remember all the ones mm-hmm. we we talked about. But uh, anyway, they always they been a well traveled guy. He and his yeah, his wife. His wife especially is the, the, the traveler. Jim doesn't go with a lot with her on a lot of them because she just just goes. Mm-hmm. You know. But, yeah. Anyway, they enjoy it and seem to have a good time. They did most of the trips from one place to another by airplane hop. Yeah. And so I didn't, instead of driving or commuting some other way. Mm-hmm. But obviously, when I say from Europe to the southern tip of Africa, they, <laughs> they've covered a lot of territory there. That's a fair amount, yeah. I watched a, a show where a guy and his buddy did a uh, – it was a documentary of them doing a road trip, and they started at the farthest north end of Scotland, and uh, which is basically like there's a, a point. I guess there's an island that's a little further north that's technically still part of Scotland, but then uh, the farthest of the main landmass anyway. Drove all the way to the end. Then they took the uh, the channel over to France, took that – all the way down to the furthest tip of Spain. Then they took a ferry across to the 
uh, peak of Africa and then motorcycle all the way down Africa to the uh, furthest south tip of Africa. And uh, it was an interesting journey. They um, actually have done several of those. They did one where they uh, uh, went all the way across uh, Europe and Asia. And uh, another where they went from the furthest tip of South America up to North America. That one they ended in L.A. They did not go all the way up to the top of Canada or Alaska. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting, interesting journeys and the and the trouble that they have along the way. On the on the last one, the one in the Americas, they used uh, electric motorcycles from Harley Davidson instead of gas motorcycles, and oh. and their chase vehicles were all the Rivian electric trucks, and uh, and so they tried to do it all like you know on e-bikes, which. Proved to be a problem charging in place in certain places in South America. They don't always have great and reliable electricity, and so uh, that proved to be a bit of a challenge sometimes. And then there was also the inevitable: uh, this vehicle's not working today. Problems, you know. I, I was wondering uh, when they use electricity to charge. I don't think a fifty or sixty cycle matters because the charger's just going to DC, and I assume that's what you're doing pushing into the battery right right yeah they they didn't seem they didn't mention any problems with that the problem wasn't the the um uh you know the the the, the problem was the the reliability and just enough current mostly to charge oh. you know two motorcycles overnight to have enough juice in them the next day to get to the next place where they thought they could charge. And it was funny because largely both the cars and the motorcycles were incredibly reliable. They did have a few problems, especially early on. But in both cases, they were using like either very early production models or prototype models of each because, you know, this was it's it was, you know, pretty much new stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think Rivian's only been selling their their uh, trucks for like a year. So, so are, what uh, did they say anything about uh, the fact that uh, they couldn't find charging stations in some big areas, so it caused them to, you know, lim- limited their travel? Well, it turns out. Um, it, well, there were they had some difficulties in finding charging, or sometimes they had to stay in a place longer than they intended because they just didn't have an, they, they weren't fully charged the next morning. You know, overnight was there wasn't enough, so they had to leave them plugged in longer. But, but you, but you might conclude that worldwide electric travel isn't really an issue other than maybe compatibilities or right. Yeah, or they honestly they, they did it. I mean, you know, they obviously they did it. Um, there was only uh, one section, and surprisingly, it was after they'd gone through pretty much all of South America in uh, in Mexico, where they didn't ride the bikes because not because the bikes weren't able to do it, but because they were told it's really not safe for them to do that. And so what they did is they bought this uh, kind of janky-looking old tour bus and put the bikes on the bus, and everybody and their crew and everything piled on the bus, and they just drove straight through on the bus and then when they got to an area where they said it's okay it's safe for you to ride again then they got out and rode from there it was a safety issue but that was all that was said huh? right yeah yeah they just going through areas where where parts of that section were pretty much controlled by drug cartels and they were like they said oh. it's, it's not safe for for okay. 
you know, non-native speakers to be going through that area. It's not safe for native speakers either, but, you know, you'll be a target pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't you matter know. what kind, whether you're, what kind of fuel you have, that's irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that we, it was non-technology related. It was just, excuse me, a, an issue with... Um, well, that, that that's the kind you want to, to know about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, safety issues. One of the two guys is the was the actor, um, or is the actor Ewan McGregor. And so he's the one that's riding. And, of course, he's recognized as he goes through places. And so uh, and they also said that even though they weren't like publishing where they were at, word of mouth got ahead of them and people would know, hey, these guys are coming into town. And so they were saying, well, if word of mouth is is telling the average Joe who wants to come out and see a star that, hey, they're coming into town, then people who have, you know, ill intentions can get that same information. And so there was a fair amount of of just logistics of trying to be, you know, safe. Anonymous. Yeah, as as much as they could. You you know, celebrity is built up to be such a big thing, but people don't ever really think about all the downsides. And that being one, you know. Yeah. You you may not feel some days like you want to see anybody, but by God, other people are fighting to see you regardless. They don't care you know yeah 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 you, the, it's uh, anonymity becomes a a uh uh yeah thing that you long for you know the series by the way if you're ever interested in watching them uh long way round is the one that goes basically uh you know uh 19,000 miles um documenting them from uh London to New York, basically, they kind of, I mean, obviously they have to take some ships to get across some ocean, ocean spaces. And then long way down is from uh, the top of Scotland to the bottom of uh, Cape Town in South Africa. And then long way up is the name of the documentary that they did when they were coming from uh, the bottom of, uh, I'm sorry, I said South America, I meant South Africa, long way down was they finished in South Africa, then South Mm -hmm. America up to North America is long way up, and the the long way up is actually one that was broadcast on uh, Apple TV, and so um, I, oh. uh, but uh, and he does the, all three of them are done with his friend Charlie Borman, who's also an actor but a lesser known actor, yeah. Yeah. and uh, and so it, it's interesting because they've been friends since they were kids, and so you know just listening to them, sure. Uh, Chit chat, and then it was also interesting on the last one, the long way up. Uh, he has since uh, Ewan McGregor has since become an American citizen, and so he traveled using his U.S. passport instead of his British passport, and that uh, presented opportunities and problems as they were crossing borders at different times as well. So, mm. and obviously they've they've you know worked with they've got a guy who's basically their their planner slash fixer who's like you know has gone through all this in advance and met with people who can help them get through, uh, border crossings and, and, uh, you know, and, and plan which routes are safest to take. And so, I mean, there's a lot of logistics that goes into this as well as they're followed by a film crew and they show him a couple times, but there's a guy who basically, uh, you know, rides with just the two of them. So there's the third motorcycle, the, the chaser, the, the, the guys in the trucks that carry gear and stuff and, and parts to fix things. They're sometimes, you know, 20 or 30 miles away. They're not right where the bike, bikes are. And they're sometimes not, you know, the bikes go off road in areas where the trucks can't go. Uh, but there's a guy who's a, uh, uh, a documentarian, uh, uh, the cameraman, 
who literally rides with them. And, uh, and like when they did the long way up, he rode with them. He was riding a traditional gas powered motorcycle. Mm -hmm. Um, interesting note on the, on the electric motorcycles too, they do, uh, passive charging. And so there were times too, where they would like hang on to a vehicle and let the vehicle, you know, they would let the vehicle pull them along to charge up their batteries more so they could get more distance out of them. Ah. So they learned some tricks along the way. And obviously if you're going down a hill, it'll, uh, it'll, uh, help recharge the batteries and stuff as well, sure. you know? Yeah. So, cause, uh, but, not, not all of, of South America or anywhere for that matter is, is flat, right? So you've got up and down. Yeah. But anyway, this, this is a travel log that they're going to put up on some kind of system in the future, a so, video system somewhere. Oh, it's already, yeah. they're already available. The documentaries. I mean, the long way round was done in 2000. It was released oh. in 2004. Long way down was 2008 and long way up. The most recent one was 2020. And that was, uh, the one that's on Apple TV. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah they're, they're, I, int they're already I, there. I've watched all three. Oh, I, I haven't heard any of any of them, but I've been watching a lot of that kind of thing. I've, mm -hmm. I, it turns out I have half a dozen different networks that are free. Yeah. You know, and, uh, including Apple TV, which by the way, I was already a subscriber to. So when I went to get my free, you know, subscription that I got with my TV, it says I'm already a subscriber. Just forget it. So I, you know, yeah. <laughs> so it did, wasn't worth anything to me, you know? In fact, um, I'm oh, really? Because I had done that once before, and they just added on the free to whatever I was. So I, that, that they didn't bill me for several months. So I got, I still got the free stuff. Oh, well, I, I don't know how they would do that. You know, that's that's up to Apple. So, you know, oh, how sure. many subscriptions you need. Right. Now, but if, if you already have, if you already have a subscription and you buy something that gave you some free subscription, they from just app if you buy it from Apple. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how that was done. Yeah, I guess Apple would have to recognize yeah. it if, if you bought it from somebody else. The free thing doesn't do you any good. Yeah. Yeah. But makes sense. Anyway. Anyway, it uh, that's that's what happened. Uh, I have, by the way, on my I have two Apple TVs on my television. The one that's built in, as well as the uh, the one I've always had, and I decided to not buy the uh, Apple TV 4K that I was going to get. Because why mm -hmm. spend that money when I've got everything already on the other system? Uh, mm -hmm. And it's in 4K because the only thing that I didn't get in it is all my personal stuff, like my photos and, and uh, you know, uh, that kind of stuff, which is basically photos and, move and, and home videos is the only things. Now, uh, those weren't recorded in a, with a, in a, in a video format anyway. Uh, at least I don't believe, you know, or 4K at least. Although I I did them with my uh, most of the recent ones with my current phone. Right. I was going to say they had to have been recorded in, in a video format, but uh, but yeah, not, not necessarily 4K. I, you know, I don't yeah. know what that resolution is. But. Yeah, probably. You know, if they were somewhat modern, they were 1080p uh, or yeah. 720p. Remember that was a for a lot for a long time. You know, 1080p was really expensive. You could get 720p, which was still better right. than the 480p traditional, you know, television with the more square aspect ratio. So, yeah. by the way, the but, series of all three of those documentaries is available on Apple TV. 
Apple TV uh, sponsored oh. the first one or the last one. The first two were done with uh, the BBC. Mm-hmm. But so. anyway, I, I, you know, since I can't travel anymore, I've really come to appreciate and enjoy travelogues. And yeah, some of them are some of them are so-so. Uh, Others are, you know, uh, very good. The you know the guys that are doing it for uh, I forgot the name of the, there's a famous guy who does it all the time. He's been doing it for years. Uh, mostly European stuff, but anyway, uh, and, and, uh, but most of them are basically on these, uh, networks that are, uh, uh, uh what do they call that net, net, uh, streaming, streaming video from the uh, internet. Okay. Right. There's a number of streaming video systems, uh, that, uh, are done by total unknowns to me anyway. I, I didn't know about these companies mm -hmm. and, uh, sometimes the programming looks kind of sparse and not fancy, but they, whoever's doing the video is doing a heck of a good job. I thoroughly enjoyed a mm -hmm. lot of them. Uh, you know, it just depends on the guy with the camera in his hand and, yeah. and what they tell you about what they're, they're seeing and show you. And what I find really amazing that with all of these, especially hikers, that is that they get back into places that I could never gone anyway, or might sure. probably wouldn't wouldn't have gone because of the danger. Right. Uh, so they they really show you some wonderful stuff. Yeah, I've gotten into. I've watched some some videos of uh, of. Um backpacking trips and stuff and uh, camping trips, you know, where people have gone back country and, you know, Pacific coast trail and those kinds of things. And it's, it's very interesting. And, and, and if it's done well, if it's done with good, you know, a good videographer can make it beautiful. And then a good narrator makes it interesting. That's really what you need those two skill sets. Yep. Uh, and you can make an interesting story. So, and that's what the, the, the long way around is narrated by these two guys, as well as, you know, live video of them talking and experiencing whatever they're experiencing. And, uh, yeah, no, it's very interesting. Um, and like I said, you can watch all three of them, uh, on, uh, Apple TV now. Yeah. So much of the Apple TV that I find on there is an additional cost anyway, on a, on a, uh, movie by movie basis, you know, you buy or you rent. Uh, mm -hmm. That's that's how you get the first run stuff, and I understand you know they have to charge extra. They they don't can't give you that for free. Mm -hmm. So I, I almost like the channels where they don't, you know you you're well aware ahead of time that there is no charge for this. It just says free video. So that's why right. I just go look in that ca category, and I got lots of stuff to watch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, there's a lot of streaming services out there, and uh, you know it's. It's it just shows you there's lots of options and lots of content. Um, the question is just you know some of it's going to be more professional than others, and you know you decide what you like and don't like. You know. Well, the well the other thing that I thought was kind of fun, it was I could go back and look at old movies, you know, free yeah. now. Yeah, you there know, are some movies that have expired. They're they're uh, 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 pat or copyright stuff has expired, and so now they can. Show them yeah. for free, and so they do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just it's just a whole bunch of stuff that people have gathered up and said, yeah. "Ah, I can make a product out of this and sell it as a bundle to companies like this TV outfit, uh, LG, 
and uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, as a package, give it a name and sure. Well, and, and, and TV, the TV people <laughs> want to make it seem like they've got lots of stuff there, so they'll they'll you know throw in a bunch of. Free, it's like when they you know the computers when you buy something it's you know if you buy a PC in the store. Uh, half the time, the hard drives, you know, practically Loaded full. Stuff. Yeah, because uh, right. they just want you to feel like you're getting lots of stuff with it, whether it's you know good quality stuff or not, is a you know question. But oh, I'm uh, sure there, there's junk among it. There's no question. No. But. Yeah. Oh yeah, but there's also going to be gems, you know. So, um, uh, you know, the fine folks at PC Magazine actually put together a list, and I just shared it with you of the free, free streaming services that are out there that they think are the best. And so they they mentioned uh, Crackle and Pluto TV and Freevee and Vudu and Tubi. Uh, uh, you, know. you just you just sent me something. I don't see it. I just sent a link. Oh, it wasn't a, a message. Yeah, it's a text message, but it's a link. It says best free video streaming services for 2022. I'm looking on your page right now. Well, scroll to the bottom because we were I way up la- top. I see the last extinction of Unix workstations. Right. And then after that, you sent something about iOS 16.2. And then after that, I sent something saying best free video streaming services for 2022. Well, that's what I'm not seeing some reason todd has notification silence it says notify anyway did you that's that's just when you're sending stuff to me did you not do you not see the thing that you sent me last which was the ios 16.2 uh i i see that yeah okay but i don't see anything after that one well i don't know what to tell you i just sent it oh well maybe just the system's jammed up or something Uh, yeah Probably everybody uh, rushing to download iOS 16.2, which as oh. of, <laughs> which as of the as of the start of this was not available. I, I quickly let me add that it uh, it was not. It may be you know while we're talking it might become available, but it was not available when we started this conversation. Yeah. So. Well, I'm I'm not so enthusiastic about it. If you noticed, did you watch that? That that my system is not compatible with the thing I was looking for. Well, yeah, yeah, your your uh, your Apple phone. Things. Your phone won't do Apple Sings, but it will work with the new Apple TV when you buy that. Oh, if I buy it. <laughs> no, if I want, well, that would be the cheaper way to go in anyway, I think. Upgrade a phone costs a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to upgrade your phone, then you need more more reason than that probably. You know, I don't, I don't know that you're going to get that much joy yeah. out of karaokeing on your phone anyway. No, I wasn't thinking about doing that. Uh, you know, you yeah, uh, use your Apple time, TV. Yeah. You probably get some better, uh, better sound too, some better speakers. Yeah. So I sent that link again. It says it was delivered. Really? Yeah. That is silly. Let me uh, get out of you here and see if it brings something back in. Well, I try it again. Nope, I come back to Todd and nothing here. Mm-hmm. Is there some? Uh, no. I, can't explain it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if your if your uh, phone or iPad is handy, check and see oh, if it showed up there. I, the, it says update <clears throat> contact. A new contact photo available from Todd. So I'll update the contact. Well, I haven't changed my that's just my contact photo. That's nothing, and I haven't changed that in years. So that's that must have been there for a while. <laughs> well, that message it went away anyhow when I said to update it. So yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean you <laughs> had. I don't see anything else. Well, 
I know. That's puzzling when things like that happen. Yeah. That's kind of important the way we do things here. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there's a, you know, like is iMessage not working? Uh, let's see. What can I do? I could turn this off and reboot it, maybe. You think I should do that? I yeah, it won't take won't take me too okay, long. Okay, I was gonna say I don't know that that's gonna help. You know, I mean, you could kill the app and relaunch it. Yeah, I'm I'm just doing a well. Maybe that's quicker. Uh, how do I? Yeah, I can kill the app. Uh, then I will say quit, and then I'll come down here and say messages, and then say Todd, and come up. Now I got it. Uh, that hmm. worked. That's weird. Isn't that weird? You sent it twice. Yes, I did. I sent it yeah. a second time just to make sure that you know there wasn't something corrupted with that message and it didn't get through. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing uh, some of the things that I've got on here. So okay, I'll have to go through this. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you're interested in just you know free streaming things, and I'm sure each of them has you know different, uh, yep, different things that might be interesting to look at. So, I I like the PBS video quite well. Yeah, yeah. Well, they probably have a good backlog of stuff. Although a lot of times they'll uh, only trot out the best stuff when they're doing a, a, a you know, a uh -huh. donation drive. And then they'll offer to sell you the video for more money. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, they're always selling. That's 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 the nature of their business. But yeah, uh, something happened here. But oh, but there's a lot there. Another page popped up here for some reason, and I didn't intend that. But anyway. Uh, So the uh, fine folks at uh, at uh, Eve Home have started rolling out updates to Matter for their devices. So if you have a an Eve Home uh, power switch or or door sensor, um, you can. Uh, they're rolling it out, so it may not be available to everybody yet. But you'll be able to upgrade it to the the new Matter standard. And if you have one of the newer Apple TVs or a an, uh, HomePod Mini that acts as a uh, uh, a matter uh, thread base router, then mm -hmm. you can switch it over to Matter. It's interesting because they said that if once you do it, if you're running it on HomeKit, nothing will change. It'll still work, and it'll just be using the Matter standard now. But once you switch the device over to Matter, it cannot be switched back to HomeKit mode. But once huh. it's but once it's in Matter, Apple supports Matter seamlessly within HomeKit. So you know the point being okay. is that that then you could also start adding in or using other Matter uh, approved devices. Uh, eventually, huh. Apple and Google said their home speakers will also support Matter. Currently, they don't. So uh, so basically, I don't know if there's a big motivation to go to Matter other than uh, I think that the standard is uh, you know. It always takes a while for the stuff to roll into these systems. And right. Well, Eve was you... one of those companies who, who jumped on the bandwagon of thread 
uh, thread radios and all their stuff early and being prepped for matter. So they just were waiting for the final spec to get approved. So now they're sending out an update to upgrade all of your stuff to work on matter. And, uh, you know, it, I, I think that it's in the long run, it's going to be the right way to go. The, th- the, my experience is the thread radios is a significant improvement over Bluetooth and Wi-Fi for home management just because there's uh, significantly less latency. And anybody who's had a home automation system with some of the older stuff, you know sometimes you'll say, hey, Shlomo, turn on the, the lamp. And then you right. wait and you drum your fingers and then eventually the lamp kicks on. And that pretty much disappears with thread. And the reason we mentioned 16.2, the thing that I'm looking for forward for the most in 16.2 is, uh, and initially I guess it's going to be optional. You'll have to turn it on if you want it. But uh, if you if you have all of your devices upgraded, meaning uh, all phones, all iPads, all laptops, and everything upgraded to the latest version of the operating systems, then um, you can upgrade your home. And they've rewritten the core of how the home works. And by that, what I mean is that right now, each device that has the home app running on it, every time you launch the home app, it goes out and pulls all of the devices that are, have been attached to your home so that it can see what the status is of them. And that in itself sometimes takes time, yeah, especially if you have a lot of them. And I have a lot of them in my house. And so it's a major pain. The new system, 16.2, will re-architect that such that your home router, whatever your router is, again, being an Apple TV or an iPod, uh, will pull everything and keep an updated list of what is and is not attached to the system. Mm -hmm. And then when you launch your phone, all it will do is download that list very quickly from the, the router. Yep. So significant reworking of the system you know, under at the underneath level, but it'll make the end user use much, much better. So yeah. I'm um, looking forward to that. Yeah, what what I love about my new TV as compared to my old TV is that they're almost at opposite ends of the spectrum of smart TVs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the new one works just like a computer. I mean, it's got a computer inside it. You download apps, you run them, you know, all these kinds of things. And you can upgrade it. Almost, you know, they, I don't know what standard they're having you load into, but there's new stuff out there, a whole bunch of it, you know. Right. Well, LG TVs are a computer. They run WebOS, which was what was uh, developed by Palm Pilot and Handspring before they eventually went under. But they bought that. And so, so they are running a complete operating system that you could write apps for. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they're taking advantage of all the things that computers do for you, you know, mm-hmm. which is great. Which is great. Yeah. Uh, and whereas the original one had, they, they called it a smart OS, but basically what you had was a web browser that was cruddy to work with, and it wouldn't have worked at all except that you had this screen pointer to push buttons on a little simulated keyboard in order to get web addresses and stuff in, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was really frustrating to use. It, so it was a piece of crap is what it really was. It took yeah. me about a day, and I said, well, that's enough of that. Yeah. You know? Well, that's one thing I also like about working with uh, the Apple TV as my streaming platform because 
anytime it wants any kind of text input, it pops up on my phone and says, you want to just type this in instead right. of having to pick things out of a list on screen? You know, right. like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> As a matter of fact. So. Yep. So anyhow, yeah. Uh, no, no doubt they've gotten better and better and they're putting um, uh, higher quality uh, CPUs in them. You know, initially, I think a lot of the smart TVs was the cheapest CPU oh, yeah. they could get out of the parts bin from from Qualcomm or whomever. And uh, and now they they're saying, no, let's let you know, what's what's your better CPUs? Let's make this thing actually something somebody wants to use. You know, um, it's, it's really a shame, but it's why Apple should have got into Apple TV and then and had their own OS and the whole bit. Yeah, they, well, they've know. got everything for Apple TV. Except, they sell everything for Apple TV except for the screen. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I think from right. their from their perspective, it's like, you know, quite honestly, like I've got a TV here in my in my office that is running Apple TV all the time. I don't ever touch the TV remote at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's, 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 it's just, an Apple TV. <laughs> it, it is an Apple TV. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally, that's what it does. Um you know, does that yeah. is that a good thing or uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, I find that it works fine for me. I don't, uh, you know, I don't have um, any desire to uh, attach it anywhere else. In fact, it's funny because I've talked to my wife about. I think I've mentioned before we have Direct TV as our as our primary television source. You know, other than streaming, so we have satellite TV. And uh, the other day I was, I've mentioned to her several times is like, I'm eventually going to get rid of that. And she goes, well, I like to record my shows. And I said, but you don't have to record your shows, but then how do I watch them? They're there. You just go click on it and watch it. All of them. You can watch the entire season. (laughs) (laughs) And she does that. She does that with other shows, but she doesn't quite get that. The, the, The TV shows like that she watches on NBC or CBS, you can do that too, you know? And she yeah. goes, well, what about what's on TV right now? And I said, every single one of those uh, streamers, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, all yeah. of them, when you go to their app, has this place where it says stream live. Whatever they're broadcasting right now, you can watch it. So if you want to watch it live, you can. If you want to yeah. wait and watch it, you know, I mean, half the time she watches what she had recorded anyway. So it's like, yeah. then, then watch the recorded one. You know, it's it's... It's a paradigm shift that somehow it's like, on the one hand, I want to watch it live. So how come I can't watch it live? Well, you can. But I want to, I want to watch it recorded. Uh, you can do that too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Well, any, anyway, I, I was going to say I have probably four or five different uh, combinations of music with, with uh, video or still shots. Uh, you know, like artwork or stuff like that. Uh-huh. Uh, and I've settled on one already that I prefer, and it's based on the music system. So the, it's not the pictures that are important, but I, because I don't really want to sit there and watch pictures, uh, at least just just uh, art and stuff or, or snapshots for, for very long. I, mm-hmm. And I go back to what I'm doing. And so it's the music that's really important. So I, I've got one that's... That because I use it so often, it popped up into this little personal menu of different, uh, actually devices in most cases mm-hmm. that I can go to, like my Apple TV or my uh, 
uh, AT&T network that we've always been using for cable inputs. Uh, uh, but anyway, it, it comes up on a music channel that has lots of different channels, and one of them is, is called Easy Listening. So that's what it is on my button, and I thought I don't. So I don't remember the music system or anything about it, other than I just go push my easy listening thing, and I've got video shots for easy listening. They're just people just kind of enjoying themselves, relaxed, sitting around a lake, or you know, laying on a beach, or you know, I mm-hmm. don't necessarily want to watch that much either. But I get mm-hmm. I get the music that's just really nice for background music. Yeah, you know. So I could just turn on my my phone and listen to music that way too. Yeah. Uh, because I'm emphasizing the sound, but I found out that even though the TV can put things up there, it's less important than what's you know just for filling you know, uh, and having on for an hour or two at a time. Yeah. It's the music that's more important to me, you know. Right. Yeah, and I've got variety of ways of doing that as well. I um, in fact right now I have. Uh, uh, a bunch of jellyfish just kind of floating around on my screen. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's just, it's just, you know. Yeah, there, there are those just screensaver type things, kind of what you're talking about, yeah. right? Something yeah. that moves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I could have art too, you know, but uh, I like yeah, the, the, real, the motion stuff. Yeah, the real question is, is does it have to tell a story that mean, means you got to watch it for a while? Or is it just something to, to look at that's pleasant? Exactly, yeah. Up, and something know? to look at that's pleasant is nice to have when you're not actively watching the TV. Just have it do that sort of, you know. Right. right. Have some motion, whether it's like, uh, you know, uh, a f- fireplace flickering. or I actually have done that, too. Just have, like, a video of a fireplace and, and just have that sound, you know. Just hear the, the logs pop and crackle and, yeah, you know, yeah. that's pleasant. Yep. Yep, a little crackle and pop do do matter. Or to mm-hmm. listen to a babbling brook. Yeah. Another nice one. Yep, that is a good one too. Done that one too. So but uh Yeah, the um it's interesting if you go to Wikipedia and, and type in Web OS, they'll tell you all about the Web OS system and, and when LG bought it out and, and uh and you know how they're using it and uh uh you know, it's apparently gone through several iterations. It went, you know, originally it was Palm Web OS, and then HP bought it. Then it was an open Web OS, and then LG bought it. And so they've changed the logo a couple different times. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, well, you, we you kind of started on this uh, this uh, features of of uh, the new upgrade that's going to be out in hours, yeah. maybe. Yeah, sixteen sixteen point two. Should we just go through some of those features and? Uh, and yeah, I was just well, trying to get some structure to what we're doing. Sure, here. yeah, we've kind of been meandering today, haven't we? So you talked about Apple Sing, which is their karaoke function, which is apparently limited on some devices, the number of devices. And I was actually a little surprised, but the only thing I could think of is I heard somebody else on another podcast talk about this because it's a little puzzling. I mean, doing karaoke, they you can go buy a karaoke machine that has like no CPU power in it practically, and it works just fine. Yeah. So the question is, why is this requiring certain devices? And well, they're they're thinking it has to do with the neural engine, and that has to do with how they separate the music out. The, the channels of the music, allowing you to mute or or, or drop the volume on voices, and yeah, that they, they think that's being done locally rather than like pre-done. 
Yeah, that it's real time and does require it. A13 chip is the bottom line. Right. right in in this article. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the processor and uh, mm-hmm. 11 iPhone 11 and newer. Yeah. Uh, which just cuts off above me. That's uh, there's one in between you too. There was the 10s. Oh yeah. Okay. So you were the 10, then the 10s, then the 11. So so you weren't that close. So don't feel that bad. <laughs> it, 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 it does sound interesting. I mean, you know, the one yeah. that does the karaoke as they show on this little picture of the screen here. Uh-huh. Uh, it as you kind of, they didn't really break it down into syllables, which they could have done, but right. it brought, brightens up the stuff you're supposed to be singing. Yeah, yeah. It scroll, along. scrolls the uh, the lyrics as you could do, which you can do right now. That's built in, but then yeah. this one will also then highlight the words as they're sung, and then scroll them up when they're done. So it's a little bit more information, and like you said, that we were saying, the real interesting thing is, is that it allows you to adjust the volume of the of the singer in the original singer in the music as well as background, and apparently it also allows you to like just pick one part of songs that are um, duets. So like yeah, you I, can. I, I wish the picture illustrated some of how that's done because they do have on the lower left of this picture. A screen as well as a uh, phone, but they seem to be showing kind of the same yeah. stuff on the screen. They're just showing you what it'll look like on the phone and on the iPad versus the TV, and it's just one window. It doesn't really tell you how you would go in and adjust those things, although it kind of does. It looks like there's a microphone with a slider there, so you can probably drop the lead singer out of songs by adjusting that, you know. So, yeah. anyway, it looks interesting. Um, I have devices that will support it, so when it comes out, I'll play with it a little excuse me, a little bit and tell you about it. Advanced data protection is the next thing. Um, People have pointed out that Apple, uh, you know, when you do an Mm -hmm. iCloud backup, that uh, like your health data and stuff is encrypted, but that the stuff on on the server, Apple has the keys to decrypt some things like they can't decrypt your your passwords and they can't decrypt your health data but they can decrypt your photos and your texts and your emails and things like that and what Mm. this does is it allows you to encrypt more of that stuff but because then apple doesn't have the key if you lose your password you're out of luck and so they they strongly recommend that if you're going to turn this on that you uh, you can either identify a person who is somebody you trust who can unlock it for you, or and that person can't get into it themselves. They can just give you you can send them the info, and then they will have the rights to tell to to let you in back into your own stuff. But they can't get into it. They'll re, if they wanted to get into it, they would require you to be there as well. Or you can print out like a twenty eight character um, uh, unlock code that you can then you know, stick in a safety deposit box or a safe or something that you can get to. Um, from from what I've read, it sounds to me like it's one of those things, like if you happen to live in an oppressive society or if you are a high-value target, i.e. somebody who's famous, like we were talking about earlier, that you might want to do something like this. Otherwise, it's probably, the, the risk probably is of you losing access to your stuff because you didn't do it right or and lost. Pe- and people are going to do that and get angry with Apple for it happening. Oh, sure. You know, you know the ones who are all going to go out and do this who really don't need to is all these techie guys that nobody cares about. Like, you know, right. nobody cares about you and me. They're not going to come, <clears throat> you know, trying to break in and get our stuff because we're nobody, you know. 
But and we live in the United States. You know, we don't live in in Russia, where if you say something about you know Putin, you're a target. Um, you know, so uh, you know, it's I, I would say it's a great thing for those who need it, but you really need to consider whether or not you need it and what the risks are, because they're basically putting all of the 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 risk on you. The burden is now on you if you use advanced data protection. Uh, and realize, too, that they still won't encrypt things like messages, um, emails, and calendars, because those are all shared. And so okay. encrypt, encry- encrypting your end doesn't do you any good. I mean, they're encrypted end-to-end, but they're on yeah. somebody else's device. So, yeah. you know, there's no point in trying to encrypt those and protect those in a backup, because they're already on multiple devices, which means they're inherently not secure. You know, yeah. by the nature uh, of email, when you send an email to somebody, they now have a copy of the email. <laughs> so, well, the one thing that I was thinking about in in photos, particularly, because today uh, mm-hmm. anything that's in the picture can be brought out as text. That you know, the text is sure. there. And if you routinely do screenshots of stuff that you want to kind of back up, you might take screenshots of data that you, if you thought about it, you didn't want somebody to, else to have. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you went to your bank account and you had account numbers and you gave that to somebody, you know, that yeah. would be a bad thing. It depends so on how you use that. You're right, because I do take so, pictures of things to get so information. What, so what they should have done is they should have allowed the separation of true photos from screenshots. You know, I uh-huh. would protect non-photos, but, you know. Right. Not, but not photos. But there I are times when I take pictures photos. of, but there are times when I use the camera to take a picture of something because it's documenting an account number okay. or something like that. So, that's, you know, that's true. you should be able to like go in and tag it and say, you know, this is included in the. Yeah, there, the, there needs to be a way where you can provide uh, yeah. still some protection for certain things. Right. Well, I also think, you know, they list the things like right now, I think there's 18 things that are encrypted end to end. And after the, if you choose to use advanced data protection, it goes up to like 27. That's that I don't quote me on those exact numbers, but it seems to me that it shouldn't be, you know, 18 or 27. It should be, you can pick the things you think need to be backed up and not backed up or need to be secure and not be secure, you know? Yeah. Right. It shouldn't be all or nothing basically, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, so it's not so. fine-tuned, fine, tuned, uh, fine, I don't detailed yeah. enough. Right. Not, yeah. Not, you know, it's still pretty general. Granular. Gra- granular. That's the right word. Yeah, it's not granular uh, enough uh, controls. So. So. Yeah, I th- I think it's a great idea. Kudos to them, and certainly, like, I, like we were saying, if you're a high-target person or you live in an oppressive society. Uh, where, you know, saying the wrong thing about somebody can cost you your freedom or or your livelihood or your life, uh, it's probably, you know, yep. a, a really really good thing for them, um, yep. and worth and absolutely worth the risk of you know losing your password. But uh, everybody else but, should probably think twice before they turn that on, and it is optional. You don't have to turn it on. But I'm thinking about those people that live in these oppressive societies. They can come into your device and say. Open this up. I want to see everything that you have here. And you say, uh, and they know it's protected by something that you know. Right. So they could threaten you and get that data. Well, they can do that right now. And they do. Yeah. And that's the thing yeah. is in these societies. But very so, often in these societies, if they, you know, 
they don't come marching through your door unless they think they've seen something already. And so this is hiding that hiding it from them being able to see it. So, yeah. you know, so I that, mean, so that puts you on our target list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's risks involved with everything. You're trying to keep something from me. What yeah. is it? Yeah, exactly. You know, so and, just, and I will bet you if they don't already, there'll be countries that will say that that function <clears throat> function is illegal on their, on their sovereign ground. And yep. so if you want to continue to sell iPhones, Apple, you have to turn that off or make it unavailable. And we'll see what Apple does. You know, I mean, it's... Okay, like everyone else. You know. It's just business. I lost another customer, that's all, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's like lose all the customers or yeah. or lose some customers. You know, what's your, you know, pick your poison. And, and right. you know, there's a fiduciary responsibility of the management of these companies, Apple and many others, you know, to say, you know, we're not going to do things that will take money out of our pockets, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing that a privately held company can say, we're going to take a moral stand and do this because we believe this ethically or that ethically. But but a, pri a publicly held company doesn't really have that luxury, to be honest. I mean, not not legally. They'll get sued um, if they do things, you know, that that that. Yeah. Uh, hurt the bottom line. So. Yeah, this, this what happened in the in China recently was kind of an eye opener because they basically backed down to public protest. They'd never yeah. done that before. Yeah, that was that was a, a very unusual um move based on a what's been a very you know strong men type society, wasn't it? Yeah. But but historically when things like that happen when the guy stands up in front of the tank in Tiananmen Square, it's yeah. followed by an incredible crackdown on everybody. Yeah. So so now that we're just waiting to see if the shoe's going to drop. Like, okay, we'll back off on that. And now we're going to make you pay for making us look bad. Yeah. You know, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I hope not. I hope not. Uh, I, I was talking to Jim, my brother, about uh, that situation. And are you aware of the uh, the... Doctors' concerns about China—they they think it's uh, the problem is they haven't reached herd immunity. Oh, I know they like have no herd immunity, and they don't have a functioning viral uh, antiviral. Um, that's right. The, and, the and vaccine. That's, well, that's how you get to right to, uh, a combination of vaccine or people getting sick, and they've blocked both. And so, yeah. yeah, it's it's very likely that they're going to see, you know, large amounts of serious pandemic issues. And deaths in the well, next, you know, yeah, because, few months. Because, because the only way to flatten the curve again is to put back the sanctions. Right. 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 Which, you know what, the that maybe the government will do that. They'll say, see, we told you. And then next time, listen to us. Right. And so they'll just yeah. let people die. You know, yeah. when you've got billions of people, they tend to tend to treat in, the, in, well, the, in that type of society. They tend to treat individual life as pretty expendable. Well, the other thing that came out in this doctor's report, and I don't know how they got the data, but uh, the number of beds per Chinese citizen is so small, you wouldn't almost believe it. Yeah. You don't get government hospitalization very much. Not like we have, you know, where you can expect to get a bed if you're sick. Right. Not over there. Not over there. And that's the real problem. Because if they get in a bad situation, the hospitals immediately fill up. And that's only by the select few that run the country and whatever, you know, uh -huh. uh, or party members or, you know, they, they, they have their priorities. But 
so uh, and and the other only other way is is having some kind of vaccine for the people. Mm-hmm. So they could lose thousands of people in their society. Millions. You know, millions. And but there'd be some point where they would really have to scratch their heads because they'd be a, nobody in charge. You know, <laughs> I mean, they they'd have to make it on their own. You know, yeah. if they killed everybody. When you think about it, they they all they always want somebody to be their uh, mule. Well, yeah, I mean, it's I I don't not, I'm not quite sure where you're going. Like kill everybody. I don't think there's any intention to kill everybody. No, 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 no. But, they want the laborers. No, they don't but, intentionally but, want this to happen. But uh, right, yeah. I mean, you know, it's as much as we like to to sometimes paint the the you know the their political system is the evil empire you know i don't really believe that that you know xi their their leader wants to kill off chinese people i, I that's no. not his goal no. in any way shape or form you no. know um you know they're trying to make the right decision based on what they have and they know they have a vaccine that's not as good as the vaccines that we've had and uh you know and it was you know locking everything down and stopping everything was was working for them um mm-hmm. But, you know, when, when socially that's no longer acceptable, they're going to go a different route. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So back to tech. Uh, yeah. uh, next thing that comes Airdrop. out in, in 16.2 is, no, I was going to say Freeform app. That's the next thing on our list after advanced data protection is Freeform, the new app. Oh, oh I, I was fiddling with my fingers here. You're right. Yeah, I, I so. Uh, that's a, basically a whiteboard app that's a multi-user, simultaneous multi-user doodleboard. <laughs> it's the, probably the best way to say it. Yeah. And, and I think it's probably more useful to people who have iPads and pencils, where you can basically write on a whiteboard and somebody else can write on a whiteboard. And I can see, you know, at least the way movie shows physicists, you know, writing problems up on a wall. Like, yeah. you know, a <laughs> bunch of physicists working online with pencils, drawing up on the wall. Uh, yeah. You know, well, you you need virtually. to distinguish one from another. Everybody's got a different color or something. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll your see first, how that goes. But your your first job is to write your name at the top of the board with with mm-hmm. your color. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny. I've got an Apple pencil, um, and I use it rarely. I just yeah. yeah I just you know it's like I don't when I want to draw something I don't think hey let's draw on a on a slate of glass and and so I'd prefer just a real pencil and a real paper. And other than that, like yeah. hand handwriting doesn't appeal to me. I'd rather type it. So yeah, I don't know. Yep. I guess somebody out there thinks it's going to work well. Um, they've got, yeah, the yeah. Well, and, and there are younger artists who are absolutely adept at writing on a, on a slate of glass, um, uh, and do it. Um, I know one of my former swimmers is a fantastic artist, and she works uh, almost <laughs> exclusively with stylus. And and uh, she used like Wacom tablets on her attached to a PC. But she has used uh, at one of my swim meets. She borrowed my iPad and did a little thing, and it was just like in a matter of minutes, she had knocked out something that was beautiful. Um, so, you know, it's it's what you get used mm-hmm. to, right? You know, I grew up with pencils yeah. and pens and tubes of paint and. And, you know, modern artists start with with virtual drawing on electronic devices and then go from there, you know. Um, some new screen widgets for the – but these are only uh, uh, a thing for the uh, newest iPhones that have um, the lock screens that still have a screen on them. 
and one is uh, uh, tracking your medications and the other is tracking your sleep. And I'm like, I don't know if I need that on my screen, but okay. I guess well, I don't that's need fine. tracking as much as I do reminder, even reminders yeah. to go to bed. I mean, I can't tell you how many times mm-hmm. I will sit up until I've been sleeping two or three times on my uh-huh. chair and finally I get so uncomfortable. I said, oh, I need to go to bed. <laughs> you know, you can set alarms to do those kind of things. I have alarms that go off at I, different times of the day to remind me to do stuff all the time, stuff that I do every day. I, I, I do for other things, but I just haven't for sleep, whatever, for whatever reason. Just, well, that's your fault, man. <laughs> if I'm sleepy, I ought to just go to bed. But You I, would think. Sometimes, sometimes don't. You know, I, I fall asleep without thinking about it. You know, yeah. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. It's like I can't think about it because I'm sleeping. So... <laughs> You know, and, and yeah. mom's this way about meds. So she she yeah. can use that. But. You know, there is already in the health app a medication tracker slash reminder, and so you just need to look at how to use that and set that up for. Her. Yeah, maybe I should. So, yep. although although um, because you haven't upgraded her phone like I've been nagging you to do for a long time, uh, her phone no longer uses the latest version of the operating system because she's on a, a six or a six S, right? Uh, it's a seven. Hers is not a seven. Her phone? Yeah. I think it is. I'm pretty sure it was either a six or a six S. No, it's a seven. Okay. If you say so. Yep. That's what, <laughs> that's what she tells me. Yeah. <laughs> I, she remembers. I, I trust her memory more. Yeah. Than well, you can go look it about and see. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it wasn't, but I, I could be wrong. So anyway, um, also 16.2 will have the option to adjust your always-on display on iPhone 14 uh, Pro and Pro Max for those who, who want to adjust you know, how much wallpaper is showing or no wallpaper is showing and notifications. And you can just play with that on-screen uh, screen thing. Um, mm-hmm. live, live activities <clears throat> is going to be something also that comes uh, – to iPhone 14 Pro models uh, via the Dynamic Island, and that is so. Like if you're if you've identified a favorite sports team or something, you can keep scores. It'll like be on the screen and update uh, dynamically as scores change. Um, I know somebody's going to have the Steelers on there front and center. Yeah. <laughs> Does he have an iPhone hey. 14 now? Oh, maybe. Well, they probably do. You got to have they the. It's got to be a 14, and it's got to be a 14 Pro in order to have the oh. uh, the always-on display. Well, so, that's probably enough justification so you go out and get one. There you go. See, now, me, I would want the exact opposite. I don't want that on my screen. I would turn it off <laughs> because I don't want to see the score. If I'm not able to watch the game, I'm recording the game, and I want to watch the game later. So then I'm trying to hide the score from me. I, I, <laughs> I, I very actively try not to, like, look at any news or anything in case somebody pops up a, hey, you know. Monster yeah. come from behind, win. I'm like, no. Or, I don't. So, or somebody walks in the door and says, wow, did you say that and win that game? <laughs> yeah. 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 I hate that. So, um, also, iOS 16.2 is going to, do, uh, we, were, we were talking about AirDrop. They're changing everyone to everyone for 10 minutes so that it won't stay open uh, because too often people have found that bozos walk by and drop things onto their phone or their their device without asking if you have it open to everyone and so uh they're going to uh 
make the open to everyone a limited window. And if you want to keep it open, you have to keep going in and turning it back on every 10 minutes. But it'll it'll tell you that it's shut off as it shuts off each time. But, you have, but as long as you have an accept or decline on your phone, uh, you can decline, you know? Not if you have it set up to open for everyone. That's the thing. Is When you're open to everyone, somebody can just drop crap on your on your device. So oh. their their choice was either you have to accept it or we could say, hey, let's just not leave it open all the time. And that's the way they went. Just don't leave it open. So you won't even be seen. Uh, the, the, somebody who wants to, you know, goes into AirShare to drop things on somebody, they won't even see you if it's not set to everyone. I always have mine set to just my contacts. And that uh, way, you know, yeah. uh, it's only people I know who can drop stuff there um, right. and send me things. And, yeah, I, I wasn't even aware that others could. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not out and about where ding-dongs drop stuff on your phone, I guess. So, and I know, like, I think we mentioned we were talking about this before because Apple caught some flack about turning this on in China already. It, it hasn't come out here yet, but uh, they were saying, oh, they're, they're kowtowing to the Chinese government. Um, but uh, they did it, I think it was in Hong Kong initially. And Apple does, you know, whenever they come out with a new feature like that, they will uh, very often pick some place in the world and test it for like a week prior to rolling it out to everybody just yeah. to kind of get a little bit of a, of a load test to find out if there's a problem that they weren't aware of when they were doing their beta testing. But and now this, this, this thing, under, this article says limited everyone for 10 minutes option to cut down on unwanted requests. So requests implies you got to confirm okay. or deny. Okay, you probably do. You're right. So. Yeah. So. so I, I, yeah, I, I think I think you'll always have the have business. the right to say no. I don't want that. Yeah. Well, that makes sense too, because I know that there are um, uh, teachers who turn off AirShare because they don't want students putting things on their phone. Um, but I guess if you uh, set it up to, you know, if you, if you don't say yes, then they can't put it on your phone anyway. So, yeah, which makes sense. And, and you'd know who bugs you, right? It does say who who it's would from. Like who yeah. would like to share a photo? So. Yeah. The, the, well, the apparently offender. there are some kids who either find inappropriate photos or take them inappropriate photos of themselves and then try to put that on their teacher's phones and get their teacher in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because kids, kids will do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you think they're not tech savvy. They're probably the ones who set up their parents' phones for them. So. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know. My daughter's like, ah, can't get away with nothing. You guys always take, you know, because I was doing all their tech stuff for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the flip side, they always had cool new tech stuff because, you know, I did their tech stuff for them. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so anyway, airdrop settings. Let's see. Uh, I already talked earlier about the home app and how that's updating and they're fixing the underlying architecture. Um, so I think that comes... Um, uh, you know that that's going to be a very welcome thing, uh, and initially it's going to be an opt-in uh, setup change. But then I think that eventually that will just be the new way that AirPlay works. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, some other things that are smaller: share play support in Game Center, so you can um, play multiplayer games with people while you're on FaceTime. So you could play against each other while doing a FaceTime call with a buddy in a different location. Which is a fun, fun way to play a game, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
They're adding 5G support to networks in India for all of us folks who live in India. Uh, and I say us folks tongue-in-cheek because neither of us live in India. Uh, Built-in weather app now includes news uh, weather-related news. So now, that, a... I don't, that I don't like. They took away the weather one weather app that was not, you know, they bought Sky. Uh, Dark. Dark sky. sky, yeah, and and then they're going to add crap to it. Yeah, they integrated technology from Dark Sky into their weather app, so their weather app now tells you, you know, micro weathers, so you can tell, like, like literally while we were sitting here, I got notification that it's going to stop raining in ten minutes here, so it's I'm sure it stopped raining outside. In, uh, in fact, but last thing, uh, last thing I want is that, and and the other thing that I really hate would again, when you're paying for a premium uh, experience on an Apple phone, I don't want ads in my weather app even yeah. ads even ads for other stuff that's on apple i don't want that i don't want ads i don't want ads in in anything that is part of my operating system that I, or anything that i get from apple directly because you know yeah. i i pay a premium to buy this device over other devices i don't want that that's not I'm, a premium I'm, experience i'm likely to look for another uh, weather app yeah I understand there's several good ones out there, and in fact, several of them actually use the uh, the Apple Weather API, so they still get the, so they will also have the uh, access to the um, dark sky information that Apple bought. Yeah, in and, fact, I was so upset with Apple News, which half of them weren't mm -hmm. really giving you the news; they were just a gotcha to try to get you to sign up. Right. Well, again, I, so I never see that because I got Apple News because I, it's part of the Apple One bundle that I pay for. You know, and I pay for the bundle because it's the same price as the three Apple services that I was already paying for. So yeah. when they offered the bundle, I went, okay, I'll take the additional three services for free. Yeah. You know, no biggie. But, but yeah, I understand. If, you, if you're adamant about not wanting to pay for Apple News, then Apple News is basically useless because half of it's advertising for Apple, more Apple News. That, so. that, that was only one reason I didn't want Apple News. Yeah. They, they, they take the same... Democratic view of putting uh, everything in buckets, and so many buckets that I object to, I don't care about. I don't want to see them, and so I just said, "The hell with Apple News." Don't so I, it. Apple News is just a news feed from lots of different sources, and they've got sources that are, there's no doubt that Apple, as a company, and Apple's leadership as a as a group are are uh, lean very liberal, but they, uh, but like Apple News also you know shares things from the new york post and from fox news in in my news feed so i i i don't i don't blame apple news for the feed it's not my only source for stuff but i look there a lot because i like the interface and and then i pay attention to who the source is whenever i yeah. read anything you know i look yeah. at where was where did it come from and very often i've found that like when i find something there that is interesting and i want to share i then go search for that exact title or go to the website of the original source and then share that link because not everybody has Apple News and can see it there. So, so sharing the Apple News link doesn't do me any good, yeah. uh, you know. So anyway, news on, on your weather. Yeah, I'm not thrilled either. Um, and they said, oh, they've improved the search on messages to allow you to find photos based on their content. So if somebody sends you a photo and you're going back through messages trying to find that photo and you know it was a photo of, you know, cousin Bob or, or of a dog that, you know, that, that your family had when you were a kid or something like that, 
going to make that easier to find because it's now using AI to help you search photos as well. That's kind of nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, search, search for anything in the world is getting to be pretty much possible. Yeah, it is. It is. You know? And to be honest, I mean, Apple's doing this, and they're not as good at it as Google is. Google search is still, you know, but Google's been doing this for a long time, going through and, you know, using AI to uh, identify photos and stuff so you can search by photos and for videos, you know, because mm -hmm. of YouTube. So they've, yeah, but it's it's pretty amazing that you can sit down and just, you know, type something in and voila, if, you, if you're, you know, have any strength at all in in constructing the right search terms, Odds are you'll find something pretty close to what you wanted. Yeah. So in the com in the comment section, there's a guy down there below who says, and they fixed the Hebrew keyboard. So those of you who use Hebrew, uh, you'll be happy. Yeah, I, I didn't wasn't even aware there was an issue with the Hebrew keyboard. But I suppose if if you speak well, Hebrew they, or type in Hebrew, you would probably known that and been happy to see it's fixed. Well, they they cut the space bar a piece of the space bar off and made a new key. And that new key is often struck when you mean to streak to be spacing. And I don't know what that is because it's some kind of Hebrew symbol right. that, that does something else. So. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's interesting that people, uh, I don't know how he was aware of that, but that's what his comment said. That somehow yeah. He must have been a beta. Yeah. On, uh, I've noticed recently too that that they've done that with the English keyboard, where they've in the exact same spot they've put a comma, and I can't or a period. I can't tell you how many times I'm typing in Safari, and when I go to hit a space, I put a period between things. Ah, they we're all creatures of habit. You're right. supposed to learn touch typing for a reason, right? Oh, touch you typing touch on it, on glass with my want. thumbs. Yeah, I never learned that. <laughs> you know. But you know, yep. put it, putting a period instead of a space on something that's a URL means something, and it screws it up. And I do it yep. regularly, and I, it's like, why did they put a period there? Why did they change their keyboard? I don't like it. In fact, yep. you know, you can download other keyboards, and, and if if it doesn't get fixed, I'm about ready to download a different keyboard because I'm not happy with the default keyboard when I'm typing on Safari. It drives me nuts on my yep. phone. On my phone, you know, other places it's not a problem because it's just the phone that's space limited. Yep. So, so you sent something out saying, why is everyone breaking open air tags? That's because they've been around for about a year now and all their batteries are dying and you have to replace the batteries. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's not the reason. That's not their reason, but it's funny because you sent this, and I literally just went around, and I had bought a package of four Air Air Tags when they first came out, and this week replaced all four batteries. Yeah, well, this this one is uh, get rid of the speaker. Yeah, so they, they don't beep. They, they get in there, yeah, so there's no beep. And you have to read the article, which I forgot now. What you didn't send an article. You sent a video, so I refused to look at it. Oh, well, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> I don't sit and watch videos. It takes too long. I could read that in, yeah. you know, 15 seconds. Well, uh, anyway, it has something to do with people finding a hidden speaker. Right. Okay. Well, it's, so you it's make it beep, right? It's, it's, it it's, 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 it's people who who want to use their, their AirTag for things it wasn't designed for to track somebody else. And it makes it harder to find if they can't make it beep. 
And so mm-hmm. if you take if you if you disable the speaker, then it won't beep and they can't find you and uh, or you can't find it. And I think that uh, a people who are doing that are awful. B them putting out a video telling you how to, how to do, do it is also awful, you know, talking about it, but like showing them where to go in and cut. I think that's tacky and, and yep. poor and in poor taste. But hey, that's me. I'm old. Not as old as you, but I'm old. Well, it just <laughs> remind me of, of people love to hack things, you know, whether they got a reason to or not. Yeah. But in this case, you know, you can think of, well, why don't you, don't you do this? You can solve the problem without anybody else getting in the way, you know? Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, too, I absolutely would never do that because I use the beep to find the stupid thing. <laughs> You'd lose them all, right? Yeah. It costs money. <laughs> yeah, because I use it. I've got it on a couple keychains, and I've got it in uh, uh, a couple backpacks that I use regularly. And so it's like, you know, I need that. That's how I find those things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and the next one is how, you know, a lot of us don't think about it, but uh, mm-hmm. the internet being worldwide everybody thought well that's what a wonderful thing except dictators they don't want everybody to find out what the rest what's going on in the rest of the world and it's not just dictators there's all kinds of reasons why people want to filter at least or completely cut themselves out and according to this article anyway they're saying the only complete isolation is china they've cut all the the ties and you have to take us you know, be somewhere in China if you want to talk to Chinese people, which may be good or bad. But um, I know for a fact that's not accurate because I've got a lot of Chinese students at my school and they talk to people back home all the time. Well, uh, if you're talking Taiwan, that's not the case. But no, I'm not is- talking Taiwan. I'm talking mainland China. Um, also, uh, I would argue that I would bet that North Korea would be the one that would lock things down yeah. uh, well, completely. Well, there's a lot of other successful filters. So there's there's ways yeah. that they, they yeah. do it. So yeah. Not- yeah. Well, and I don't think for a minute that the texts or, you know, they use, um, what's the texting app that they use all the time? It's um, not, we- is it Wemo? That- no, that's not right. Um, they, texting. the, what? You said texting? Yeah, they use a an app to communicate in China. And it's, you know, um, it's, the- it's, like it's it's a standalone messaging app, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But it's like that's what everybody in China uses, and they send messages to friends and family back home and chat with them via that app all the time. But uh, you know, I think I, I don't know that they think about it. They might. They probably know. But I would be absolutely. Con- I'm convinced that nothing that goes across that app is not available to to Chinese officials to review. So you mm-hmm. don't say things on there that would get you in trouble. Yeah. You know, but I think most of what they're doing is, hi, how's it going at home, mom? <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of stuff, sure. you know, pretty boring stuff for most people. Again, you know, 99% of the population, that's what it is. There's, there's, there's agitators and there's stars and, you know, and they have stuff that maybe is more interesting. But quite frankly, even if you're famous, most of your conversations with family are probably pretty much the same, you know. <laughs> it's like, did you remember to feed the dog? <laughs> you know, that kind yeah. of thing. You know. Anyway, anyway the, the next article, which I thought was much more interesting, is yeah. I just lo- love the uh, all the possibilities that people are thinking of and trying in order to uh, uh, get uh, 
lower cost power uh -huh. uh, energy ways. And this one is a breakthrough that a company has made. Uh, uh, lots of breakthroughs, in fact, more than just the, the subject matter here. Uh, the company is called NTT Technologies. But uh, one of them, a uh, featured one, was that they have so, so proposing putting a solar farm in outer space. Now, the first thing is, is the collection scheme gets far more energy from far less uh, cubic uh, or square meters than you do for the same surface area on the face of the Earth. And that's because of the uh, atmosphere and get, getting through there. Yeah, uh, not being filtered through, through our atmosphere. Right. So you generate energy a lot better. And now the trick is to concentrate that into uh, uh, another form and get it back to the earth where you can use it so they can replace gas and power sources at mm -hmm. plants. And uh, the, anyway, NTT has, has done this now on a trial basis and uh, has been successful. They can do a lot more effective than the uh, solar uh, systems that people are putting all over the deserts and you don't have to worry about the space now ultimately if it's carried far enough we could have some dark spots in the sky <laughs> the solar farm is blocking your sunlight you know so there's they didn't talk about that but in my mind mm -hmm. obviously they're impacting uh, some right small so amount the, of the idea being that that you collect solar energy and shoot a laser beam back down to then a collector that then uses that heat to yeah. create electricity. Right. And, and basically you're saying that uh, I just want to uh, cut the price of the generating a certain amount of, of energy. And, and mm -hmm. this is competitive with the uh, solar, solar uh, farms on the, on the earth. And so uh, it's a really good, it's a video uh, called Breakthrough Space Solar Farm Can Replace Coal and Gas Power Plants. But a substantial part of it at the end mentions lots of other things that NTT Technologies is working on. And I should have listed them here, but uh, I, there was just too many. Yeah. Well, I just sent you an article from space.com where they talk about the, the uh, test that they ran. Oh, um, okay. And so there's an, a, a readable article on it, too. Um, Okay. You know, to talk about what they did a little bit in terms of, uh, um, yeah, they've done a test, but they haven't actually put a satellite in space to do this. Um, they say they're working with Airbus, who will likely attempt to beam a solar power from an aerial platform before going to space. So they, they may try it from an airplane first, because even then, solar is going to work better because it's a much thinner atmosphere, less atmosphere to go through, so they'll get more more effective, more um, um, uh, the the generate the generation of electric power will be more efficient when when you get a more direct line of sight to the sun and don't have to go through Earth's atmosphere or as much atmosphere. Yeah, and they listed some related stories. One which I I want to go read is the U.S. Air Force wants to beam solar power to Earth from space, and uh, so mm -hmm. I'm being a Air Force retiree, I'm always yeah. interested in what they're doing. I would be I would be interested too in in uh, safety issues because we already have issues with like the big mirror farms that shoot that that concentrate solar energy to to 
create steam right now where birds fly between the mirrors and the collector and die because yep. it's that hot. <laughs> so if I'm shooting a laser beam from space down to Earth, if something goes through that laser beam, how dangerous is that? Yeah. You know? And the Air Force wants to know. Yeah. They don't want to fly through there and fry a pilot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you happen to look up at the wrong minute, are you now blind? You know, yeah. <laughs> or dead? Well, you, know, you know, those, those all, are... All important considerations. Yeah. So... Yeah, you know, but it's cheap, they'll say. Man, yeah. You did, you're not counting my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, it's so it's cheap. it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you gain a lot of efficiency by, by putting your collector out in space, but then you lose a lot of that efficiency by then trying to get the power back down to Earth. So, yeah. you know, because you still have to go through the same uh, atmosphere. Yep. So... What we need to do is run a cord from the satellite back down to Earth. <laughs> yep, that old cord hanging out there, too. Yeah, you know, we just put a bunch of, like, 12-foot uh, extension cords stuck together. <laughs> 118 miles up to the satellite, we should be good. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, technologies of, of every type are, are interesting. So let's... let's Move along through what we got left here. Yeah. Uh, that's the re next one's the release. Uh, we've already talked about that. And right. There's uh, a video about Apple glasses, which are still not released or announced or even acknowledged by Apple, but, you know. Yeah. Somebody, somebody's getting, guessing at what the date is and the price will be. Yeah, it's getting close enough that they kind of know that something's going to come out of Tim Cook before long because. Everybody's kind of saying he's he's getting anxious to retire. Yeah, he's probably had enough of this baloney after all these years, and he does the money doesn't matter. Yeah, anymore, I was going to say really. he's not, he can't be money motivated. At a certain point, you've made enough money that it's like okay, now it's just I really enjoy doing this every day. And if that gets old, then why am I here? You well, I think, I think most executives stay there because the power is also just as important as the money after a while. Yeah, I think they like that, but I think also it's just they really like what they're doing. They like they like that job. You know, it's it's something yeah. they look forward to coming in every day to do. You know, um, yep. you know, you get that vibe from some people and other people. You know, and, and and it's funny because you can kind of tell when they're like, okay, I'm not enjoying this anymore. You know, right. cut to any picture of Tim Cook sitting in front of Congress. The look on his face is, I would rather be putting bamboo shoots under my nails than sitting well, here right now. Yeah. And, and another one that I kind of laughed at last week was I, t I thought I sent to you with a, with him and uh, his uh, entourage protecting him looked like a football field or looked like a football team going down the field and they're running interference between right. him and the journalists. But, you know, that can't be any fun either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's he's got the problem of, of not only uh, the 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 you know do you enjoy the work and the lifestyle but you know he's he's also a certain level of famous right so like yeah. i mean you know there are places where he could walk down the street and nobody would know who he is but in a, in a lot of circles especially if he's anywhere near an apple store any of those people are going to go like oh, look tim cook you know and and yeah. he you just it's hard to live your life when people are are chasing you down all the time and i yeah you know there's there's been many a person yeah. who has said, you know, I wouldn't mind having more money, but I don't want fame. 
you know, I really yeah. don't want fame. Fame comes with too much uh, baggage. So yep. I understand that. Hey, did you know that Saturday, it was three years ago that they released the Mac Pro and the Pro Display XDR? They I launched didn't. on. So you sent me the article. I yeah, didn't it didn't seem like it had been three years. And when they when I saw that, I was like, You've, "Wow, okay." So that 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 Mac Pro, and remember, they pre-announced that. It's very seldom do they do that. They pre-announced it by about three years as well, because that was sort of the beginning of, "Hey, we understand the Macs haven't been what you want them to be. Give us time. We're working on it. This is going to get better." And well, it's, so, you know, I, I read an article where somebody is expecting that in January, which they've kind of had a history of having a, a, a renouncements then, uh, especially for business purposes, uh, that maybe they will have a new M2 Mac Pro announced. Yeah. They haven't, they haven't done that yet. Right. No, they have not. Well, they have not done a Mac Pro at all. Uh, right. And the MacBook Pros are still on the uh, upgraded versions of the M1. So right. you've got to assume some more of that is coming. The question is just when. And part of that falls into the next issue, which is Apple wants to triple iPhone production in India. Apple's just worried about getting production out right now because of all the issues in China. And if the things we were talking about earlier come to be, then they're, you know, they may have trouble getting people who can come into work you know, in a factory assembling yeah. iPhones. Now, wasn't the Pro produced in Texas somewhere? I think that was um, the U.S. manufacturer because well, of a small quantity. The original Pro, the, or not the original, the previous one, the one that was shaped like a, a roll of toilet paper, yeah. <laughs> that, one was, <laughs> that one was produced in China. Right. The trash, trash, can, trash can one is the one. That, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Neither of those are complimentary, are they? Um, but the 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 pro that we're talking about, the one that was introduced three years ago, I don't know that I ever saw anything that said that that one was also produced in that facility. I think it was. So I think that one. You know, again, it's a much lower volume computer than than anything else they make. I mean, that one, the the existing one, started at like eight thousand dollars and went up. From there, up to you spend fifty thousand dollars on that computer. Um, so who knows, uh, you know, what the new one, the replacement to that one's going to look like, and and where it'll be made. But I would guess that you know, if they've got a facility there, they want to try to make as much you know as much as they can out of that facility um, while they can, you know. But as we've been saying for a while, Apple is is sort of behind the eight ball, scrambling to get other production facilities up and running and they've got one in India. And so apparently they're doing a lot to try to expand that one to just diversify from having everything going through China in one way or another. I, I was reading in an article that mentioned India uh, just a while ago. And uh, I didn't, I'm not aware of India politically at all, but apparently that's a pretty unfriendly place in lots of ways. Yeah, it's because um, they don't do things centrally like China. So when you want to get approval, you have to deal with each of the different uh, Indian states and their governments for building things, and yeah. as well as they still do have a federal government. So there's just more layers of politics you have to deal with, which, you know, it's, it's more work, no doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it, you know, but democracy is, <laughs> you know, yep. it, it's, that, that's, <laughs> it is. It's, it's not a clean, easy talk to one guy and he tells you what you can and can't do kind of place. So, yeah. you know, um, 
I found it interesting on Friday, Apple stopped signing OS 16.1 and 16.1.1, which they usually do prior to the launch of the next version, as they they quit signing it, meaning that you can't um, uh, backgrade to that one because it's not uh, approved by the central committee of Apple. So yeah, you're locked in. Yeah, and get that signature. <laughs> despite all of the issues with production and stuff, apparently Morgan Stanley is still remaining bullish. Now we're not an investment uh, podcast, so you know, take but take. Ha- <laughs> but, but having been in that world for some time, uh, I find anything in the financial pages a lie and a sales. Job yeah. by somebody. Yeah, That's they're what just it's all about. They just want you to, to, yeah. They're trying to manipulate you to to spend money with them. That's that's their business. Yeah, that's their business. They just, yeah, you know, and so uh, I think the evidence is much broader uh, and more reliable from lots of other arenas uh, than uh, than that, and especially see that. That's why I sent you the one about. Yeah. Uh, Foxcom whispered protest pushed the China case on zero COVID. That's interesting because it talks about uh, a, a guy who was a businessman right. in China uh, making the case that uh, this is really a kind of a bad way of doing things and we could do better as a country if we, if we changed that, you know? Right. And, and so uh, the... Uh, <clears throat> He has some influence, and and any government's got to be listening somewhat to somebody, you know, <laughs> in yeah. order to know what's what's really happening. Yeah. So, anyway, well, this this guy's got a lot of money, bringing a lot of money into China as a consequence of his contracts, and so therefore uh, uh, was uh, was it was listened to favorably. Uh-huh. And so Foxconn is trying to get back to. To uh, producing the, the products that Apple needs, you know. Abs- well, absolutely, you know. But they also, you know, are at the same time investing in building out facilities in other locations. You know, it's still Foxconn, but it's just be Foxconn in Brazil and Foxconn in Mexico and Foxconn in you know Europe somewhere. Yeah. I mean, they're they're trying to 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 uh, diversify locations based on the concerns and needs of their customers, well, which is China Apple and too. Google and other people. And so. China wants to do that. He wants to. Ha- they want to have an influence anywhere in the world. You know. Uh, so, well, Fo- Foxconn is based in Taiwan, not China. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Well, it says to the Chinese leaders. I, I could. That, that would. I don't think he's talking to the Taiwan leaders. I don't know. I, I think they are in both. Oh, okay, places. yeah, yeah. If you look at the Wikipedia page, it's it's uh, their Hanhai Technology Group is the actual ownership name of the company for Foxconn, and they said in China and Taiwan, it's Foxconn internationally is a Taiwanese multinational electronics contract manufacturing company, uh, headquartered in uh, Taipei City, Taiwan. Okay, so they're in Taiwan. Oh, oh, it's they're Taiwanese. It hadn't occurred to me that that would have any influence. So, with with the big fearless leader, huh? Yeah. Well, they also, even though you know, when they when they run businesses that hire three hundred thousand people to work at one facility, um, yeah. you know, yep, you, you have some sway there. 
So, and when it goes back to the Morgan Stanley thing, you know, the fact that somebody at Morgan Stanley says something is irrelevant, but what's interesting is their reasoning. And so I like when they break it down and say, well, what is it that they think about? And the quote they had is here, while many investors are focused on near-term supply disruption, we believe this overlooks the strength and health of their overall ecosystem where we remain bullish. Yeah. Meaning that Apple's going to solve the problem of the supply disruption, but yes, there is a supply disruption and it's going to be a pain for a little while. Um, you know, but that overall, their direction and plan seems to be very solid. And, you know, I think there'd be few people who would argue with that thinking. Yeah. But, you know, when it seems like people who do a lot of investing seem to be very, uh, you know, skittish when things, you know, they're trying to guess what's happening tomorrow as opposed to, well, you know, what's well, when, the longer when term. You're, when you're about a billion dollars on anything, you know, you get, you get nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I before we I, I think we've kind of gone through the, the gist of stuff, but I wanted to share one last thing. I happened to say, share an article with you. You said you did see it called "The Mass Extinction of the Unix Workstations," and it's really kind of an interesting walk down memory lane because it really talks about uh, uh, workstations and mini computers, and talks about um, you know DEC and uh, Sun Microsystems and HP and IBM were all involved in. The workstation computer, which was a $10,000 computer back in the, in the day uh, before desktops got so powerful that it didn't matter. You know, they basically became a, a, a category of computer that that was lost to history because desktops got so fast and powerful and were significantly cheaper, you know, yeah. but. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, this is the way this is the way uh, products of any type die. Yeah. You know, pretty soon you don't have enough users that. Well, they're not selling any new ones. That's the first thing you notice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you you, you got to know that it has an end of life. Yeah. And, but it's just interesting, guys, you know. I, for me, it was just, just an interesting walk down memory. I remember, you know, the the PA sure. PA risk chips, and you know, uh, Sun ran on Spark chips before they were bought out by Oracle and oh, yeah. disappeared. Um, you know, the uh, remember uh, Deck had that chip that they thought might replace the. Uh, the uh, Intel as the best best chip out there, but they never yeah. caught on as a as a mainstream computer. Right. You know, they were they were basically relegated to high end um, workstation computers. But yeah. you just nobody talks about a workstation anymore. You know, yeah. I mean right. that that Mac Pro that just had its third anniversary is is you know faster than every one of these computers that they talk about in every single way. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they, they just uh, it's got to a point where they didn't couldn't perform with the rest of them because people weren't doing the, the chip level uh, development mm -hmm. on these systems. Uh, that was basically what uh, you'd call a mini computer, which is an assembled machine from component parts of a computer and just to make a computer. Well, when yeah. computers became computers on a chip, so now suddenly the whole world, that was the micros that originally traditionally. Yeah, what we think uh, of as a PC was called a microcomputer then. Yeah, and so those microcomputers became the standard so that if you weren't in that world, you weren't, you weren't yeah. going to be long, long for uh, no, no future, you know? Yeah, but there was this, this moment in time where sort of between the mini computer and the microcomputer, there was the workstation computer. And they yeah. very often ran their own ship and a customized version of Unix, you know, well, and you had to pay licensing for the Unix. 
you know, whether let, it was Solaris or, or, or well, you know, something me, else. Let, let me say a little bit about what you mean by workstation. Uh, in industry, uh, there is a lot of uh, need for what are referred to as controllers, especially what uh, then comes down to in software as real-time operating systems. Real-time means responding to interrupts uh, from the outside world, outside of the computer, uh, as that take charge because they gotta be re- got to be dealt with on a moment's notice. In other words, the time it takes for the machine to deal with a, some event, something that happens outside in, a, in your uh, computer, uh, the system that, that the computer is, is helping with. And so uh, that's a different type of, of use of computers than to just run a piece of software to get an answer to a problem or something. Well, they uh, also they were also used in a lot of engineering um, firms for running a piece of software to get an answer because they at the it w- at the time they were significantly faster than you know a two eighty six computer was a, a PC a, a IBM running a eighty two eighty six. But of but, course, but but the distinguishing thing about a workstation was the sense that it could interact with hardware in a real-time environment, real-time being the key, and what how that differs from a pure software solution versus uh, uh, working with uh, external hardware, both inputs and outputs. Mm-hmm. I th- I, honestly, I think you're thinking of a more um, uh, narrowly defined use case for workstations because they were used for lots of different things. I mean, I uh, for for the company that I work for, a publishing company, we spent twenty five thousand dollars for a workstation based interpreter, and all it did was run a an application that took um, uh, uh, one uh, output language and translated it to another, so that it could talk, so that we could use it as a, a printer interface, basically, to a uh, a large publishing device. Well, you know. It's it's a general enough term that you can include pretty much anything you want to in it. But I yeah, just but say, I'm just saying what was. But they were you know the, like an SGI workstation. That's what it was. It was sold as an SGI workstation, and they were used for a variety of different things. And they were you know whatever the problem was, they were a better fit than the than the microcomputers, the desktop computers of the day. And quite frankly. They weren't necessarily physically much different than a desktop computer in terms of it was a box with a monitor, uh, but they were uh, they ran, um, you know, almost almost exclusively ran a version of Unix. I, I don't know of any of them that had, you know, a uh, operating system that wasn't Unix based. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I, I used a couple of different um, uh, workstations. I remember going one time when I was doing some consulting to a guy's house and he was an engineer and what he had his, his, in his profession, he designed um, the signaling codes for the keychain remotes for cars to unlock and lock cars. And so he, he worked on, on the sequences and the devices that created the radio connections and he was the first person I ever saw who had a Sun workstation in his home. You know, because I met him at his house to well, pick up pick up some it, stuff. I was it, I just remember being impressed. The guy had a Sun workstation in his house. Well, I, I was uh, embedded with Hewlett Packard for many years. I did right. instrumentation uh, for testing uh, 
and that had uh, recorders and, and right. Uh, and you absolutely needed the real time functionality yeah, in and, that and in it, that solution. It had interfaces with other navigation systems and things mm -hmm. like that that were going on, and so that that whole line of mini computers uh, had separate cards for each device that had interrupts that. I was talking about. Yeah. That was basically you pull a line down and you get attention within milliseconds, you know. Right. Which which was not microseconds, but uh, eventually it came to microseconds. Uh, so we're, in the terms of reaction time, that was important that that you be able to know in a timeline sense when certain things occur and how long it took to respond to them, and. It's those kind of applications that characterized what I'm calling a workstation. And, and right. It, well, in, in uh, its inception, you know. Right. Well, and all, and all I'm saying is, is that what, what you used your workstation for was one use case and you needed that that capability for that use case, that there were many other use cases for workstations that where, where more processing power was needed that was not available on, you know, on desktops of the day. You know, like like I was saying, mine sure. my uh, mine was basically a PostScript interpreter. Um, you know, and that was the, you you bought the 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 system. We didn't go buy a computer and then buy software. We bought a system from a company that had that would sell you the computer with the software and everything on it as a you know turnkey solution for a multi million dollar publishing system. Well. Uh... Yeah, I understand that there's a lot of things that we do, uh, and, and you can call them workstation today if you want, but just a laptop, okay? But, but there's no sep no room for any kind of a separate interaction with other devices other than a plug for a printer or... Uh, okay, you know, all I'm saying is, office, is that you, you used HP workstations for one specific use, okay? Dex sold oh. Alpha workstations. Sun Microsoft sold workstations that were clearly sold and marketed as workstations. Not all of them had that same specific use case. That's all I'm saying. Well, DEC had all of these work had workstations too. These were. I know. I just said DEC and and Sun sold workstations. Those were not yeah. not you know. You know these are these yeah. are these are ten and twenty thousand dollar computers. You know, and so yeah. they weren't like. A microcomputer, and and they were used for specific things. You know, SGI did uh, was a company that made uh, specific computers, and even Intel tried to get it. Remember when they introduced the Itanium architecture? Mm -hmm. They tried to get into that higher end processing stuff, and that just kind of fell flat. You know, they never the Itanium never really took off. But uh, uh, you know, the the I, I'm just saying that the workstation market was more than um, than a need for, for just real-time uh, interrupt-driven work, that there were workstations that were used for lots of other things because desktop computers weren't capable of doing a lot of stuff that they are now. And that's why they're now dinosaurs, is because the desktop station workstations can do all of that. They got faster and faster and cheaper and cheaper. Mm -hmm. You know? Yep. Thus well, the, the extinction had, of had, Unix had, workstations. <laughs> it, 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 it had to do with the volume of the market, uh, Mm -hmm. At the time, you know, oh, yeah. early development, there were special, specialized uh, classes of machines. Right. And that's what these workstations were. And, yeah. And they succumbed to a general processing because that was the more, the offices 
used a whole lot more machines than they did in their shops. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You you and you could buy you know ten desktop PCs for what it would cost you to buy a workstation. So you didn't spend that money on that unless there was an absolute reason to have that kind of horsepower to do whatever the task was at hand, right? Yep. Uh, you know, what, whatever that need was. Um, I actually remember, too, uh, I, I did a, a request for a proposal, and we looked at an IBM uh, PowerPC-based AIX operating system. And of course, PowerPC eventually worked its way down to desktop computers in Macs uh, before it became obsolete. Yeah, well, another thing that took over workstation specialization is uh, they called them PROMs at the time, but programmable oh. PROMs. Right, right. Okay. Which and so, expanded the capabilities of desktop computers significantly. Yeah, and so you could, all those specialized things had a certain set of hardware that could be programmed uh, to do uh, low-level tasks, and, and they just, it was programmed right into the hardware. Mm -hmm. It was a mic microcomputer inside the microcomputer. And, of course, if you build it all on one chip, then it puts a difference. It's all yeah. one piece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's just funny to think about it. Like, I mean, one of his first sentences back in the 90s and early 2000s, we had a whole market segment of computers that existed that we don't even talk about today. The Unix workstation. They were non-x86 non uh, machines running a commercial variant of Unix. And were highly uh, for very high end computing, and they were expensive, unique, different, and incredibly over uh, engineered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yep. uh, you know, because that's really, if you think about it too, remember when um, Jobs was launching his um, Next Step computers? Those were really meant to be workstation computers because yep. they were they were they weren't selling them to homes. Those were high end high end. Uh, Machines that ran an operating system based on a Unix kernel, which hey, guess what? That became OS ten. Yep, yep. It's interesting to though when you've been involved in the computer business, how how uh, to go back and see the history of these kinds of things. To me, the more interesting history was the evolution of the microcomputer on the chip. You know where we had a lot of different architectures uh, for for the software. You know. That, that evolution, whereas here Unix had common software, basically, mm -hmm. and lots of different manufacturers of the hardware, uh, all trying to compete uh, with special different interfaces for certain industries. Yeah, uh, you know, there there were probably, uh, you know, Hewlett Packard, which who was always an instrumentation company, is why I was involved because that was my job. I was the chief of instrumentation right. for a large group, and. Uh, but uh, there are were other uh, things like your publishing business that uh, I, I don't know who dominated there, but uh, that, that but probably built stuff specific to the publishing business. Right. Well, there was a variety companies. of different companies that did publishing things, but they were all pretty much dedicated to doing that. But then they based their stuff on. It seemed like every one of them picked a different computer system on which to base their stuff. So everything was very. Um, and then they ran custom software specific to that, you know, that particular publishing company. So er everything was um, expensive because it was one-off. Right. You know, yeah, they you could... yeah and, and what drove all of this was the economy of scale. Right. Well, in fact, what basically put most of them out of business was yeah. things like um, 
uh, Quark desktop publisher running on a Macintosh or PageMaker running on a Mac or a PC. And when those things started coming online and those and people started using those devices, they said, well, you know what? I can I can put put out a newspaper on this with some mod- minor modifications. And right. so why am I spending, you know, a million dollars for a publishing system from you guys on top of the cost of all this custom, really high-end hardware? I can buy a bunch of desktop machines and licenses to run, you know, uh, a desktop publishing software and, and do the same dang thing. And yep. so then a lot of those kind of companies or other companies sprung up and built uh, software and interfaces to basically glue all of those PCs together to make them work, you know, for like you know file and page management systems, basically. Um, and I was in the thick of working with the publishing industry when that stuff was uh, sort of happening, you know, as they were transitioning from these big uh, purpose-built publishing computers to... Uh, off-the-shelf software in a lot of ways. The other thing that's interesting is this is a current uh, 1211 article. It just came out. Yeah. And and uh, that they're still, I call these people that are interested in these historical machines hobbyists. Oh, absolutely you know? hobbyists. Yeah. You, and, you, <laughs> you don't spend $1,000 for a 20-year-old computer unless you just you know, really, really like doing that. <laughs> well, you just want the memories and just, and I was in that phase yeah. for a long time. I, although I recognize that the hardware itself is going to be really hard to, to maintain. So I, I started looking for software simulations. Of right. The past. Yeah. And those simula- simulators are pretty available. You know, you can go out and get simulators for, for lots of old systems. Yeah, our desktops have gotten so so bloody fast that you can now run a simulator faster than the original computer would run if you were oh. to go get an old oh, computer. <laughs> oh, yeah, by far. Yeah, that that's the funny thing is, yeah, yeah, this guy went, you know, picked up an old uh, HP uh C3750 for, you know, uh 1200 bucks and he could probably download a simulator and outrun that thing night and you know, be like night and day but yeah, in fact i really got interested in the commodore i sort of had a, a love affair because we had yeah I, those were fun computers commodore 64 that i thought was fun and yeah. so i did i downloaded a simulator for that the downside of it is in order to do what i wanted to do i wanted to get the uh the code that was in a cartridge that was right the soft, software was Co- sold and protected comal yeah comal and and I couldn't find that anywhere. You know, uh, I thought that if somebody had just made it available, people would have paid for it. You know, it just has software. But this, whoever owned it, just did, you know, I didn't. Maybe wasn't a good enough sleuth. Uh, maybe it's out there somewhere. But like this guy said, pretty soon, if if there's not a market for something, uh, there's no money in the game. People just throw it away. And that's how yeah. just mass extinction. It just disappears. Yeah, that's the problem is, yeah, he he points that out is like, yeah, it was literally an extinction of a, a category of computer because it got superseded by the lesser, the lower computers. And a lot of those businesses, you know, they just dumped them. They went into dumpsters. Yep. Yep. There was just no attempt to uh, to keep on going because the price of, of doing that was hurting your business after a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, they they virtually all went out of business, right? I mean, or or abandoned that that market segment, if not gone out of business. I mean, IBM's obviously still around. Oh, you know. the dust dust bin of history, right? Yeah, 
Yeah. Those were interesting computers, though, you know, because those were the things that like, well, if I had $10,000 laying around, it'd be cool to have one of those at one point in time. Of course, now you get and you look at it and you go, eh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my desktop does better than that. You know, these new M1 and M2 computers are, are blazingly yeah. fast. You know? You, know, you know, I often think back to that old MITS computer that I had, uh, especially the, when the uh, president of the company called me up and wanted back my Serial yeah. number, serial number two computer. It wasn't yeah. serial one. Yeah. It was serial number two. But still, today, if you were to try to buy that, which I'm sure is in a museum somewhere, uh, it would cost you ten thousand dollars or more. Yeah. Because because they have customers who want to just come in and ooh and ah over something that they had some association with in the past. You know, that's why you go to museums. I see stuff in museums today that I grew up with on the farm, and and lots of it. That yeah. Just have, this is not computers at all. This is this is just homemaking goods and uh, sewing machines and and uh, cookers, uh, you know, and stoves. Uh, you know, I grew up in the 40s and 50s. You know, you know what that looks like. You just see it in any museum, and it's dated yeah. right there. You know, yeah. but I that was part of my life. Yeah, you that know? was my kitchen. <laughs> you know, when yeah. I was growing up, that was there. That's yeah, right. so. So it's fun to go in and relive your life sort of through the seeing mm-hmm. of these objects that a few of them that are out there. And I'm glad some yeah. people become collectors because they contribute to that history. I remember so- when I was growing up for years, we had that uh, glass jar that had a crank on top of it that was a butter churner that, oh, you, yeah. had, that you had had from your farm. Oh. And I think somebody opened the door and hit it with the door one time and eventually well, shattered it. But Mom, Mom almost cried over that one. That belonged to her grandma. Oh, that one, that, and, that was where that one came yeah. from? Yeah. yeah. So, so that was really valued from a sentimental standpoint. Right. right. Yeah. But yeah. that's what happened. It's just, you know, the stuff, uh, when you see, uh, that, uh, uh, darn it, the antique, uh, shows on TV, what's it called? Uh, no, people the bring an- it antique roadshow roadshow. Yeah. Roadshow. Uh, yeah. there's a wonderful place to really have history because you see some of that. And some of this, you wonder how it ever survived from ancient Egypt. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's in some guy's basement under a bunch of you know garbage that got laid on top of it. They pull it out I mean, and they go, "That's three hundred years old." <laughs> yeah, these these are museum pieces, but they're still hand, personally held by people who don't even know what they are. Right. You know, that's the thing uh, about the antique roadshow is is that the people who they find this stuff is like they virtually have no clue as to you know what the yeah. value of this thing is. Yeah. You know. Uh, and, and sometimes they come in thinking this thing must be worth something, and they say, "Nope, sorry." <laughs> you know, that, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at the but, end of the show, they'll say, "Oh, this was only worth fifty bucks." You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This thing that we've treasured in our family for years and figured it had to be. Hey, I just sent you a link to a, uh, a bulletin board discussion about um, getting started with Comal in the C sixty four forum, and it talks about. Uh, uh, trying to find or, or, or the access to a uh, a version of Comal that works on the C64 emulator, and so um, there's really? several, yeah, <laughs> and there's people offering links to it. So so if you ever wanted to to re-explore that, apparently there it's it's out there to be found. Wow. Well, uh, it might be interested in doing, but I. I don't know if I want to spend the time. There's so many things yeah. I like to do that I don't find time for. So I yeah. don't need to add to the list, but I yeah. appreciate well, you sending it. 
Yeah, I just, I, while you were saying that, it was like, I wonder. And so I did a little searching and, and found a, a search phrase that brought me to that, you know, because it's easy to find C64 emulators that'll run on a Mac. Yeah. Uh, but I went Comal for Commodore 64 emulator and found this discussion board. And so, um, and they, they huh. list a couple different links for, to get things. Well, that's cool. Thank you. <laughs> so. Funk it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll have to poke around at that for a while. Yeah. Just I was going to say, cl- clearly we weren't the only people interested in that, because I, I, uh, I had the Comal cartridge for my C64 as well. I think you got it first. You had read about it somewhere, and we're just, you know, everything you yeah. read said this was amazing, so I ordered one and, uh, and had that well, for my 64 and dinked around well, with it a bit. Yeah, it, it, it was his own lang- language, and uh, right. in, so- in some ways resembled Microsoft Basic, which everybody had at the time, but uh, but it had uh, features of uh, of uh, dang it uh, Pascal, which I was hot on. In fact, I was teaching right. it at a well, junior college. It was uh, it was object oriented architecture that that Basic didn't have, and That's so correct. so you yeah. so it was set up for object oriented programming, which was a you know a, a, a key phrase in use at the time, right? Right. And right. Uh, how, so th- how you thought about the problem. Right. Right. Which yeah. which was interesting, too, because, you know, though I've never worked as a professional programmer, I've dinked around with programming on and off for decades. And um, that was a you know, I, that's not what I had learned. And so it was it was yeah. a paradigm shift <laughs> to kind of say, oh, think about things a little differently. Well, well, the real key to the uh, to the uh, C64 also was the fact that uh, just like Microsoft ba- uh, Basic, it had its own development environment built right in. Right. So that the editor was a part of the package. Right. And it was a nice editor and really worked well uh, on the screen. And uh, and so it didn't take long to develop a program. In fact, yeah. In fact, it really was a development environment, an IDE, which was also something yes. pretty new at the time. Right. The idea that you would have a develop integrated development environment. Right. Um, now, I will say though, it was an interpreter, not a compiler. That's correct. So, yeah. so uh, you know, well, not. Is, yeah, I think they had both. Yeah, I think a compiler was available, but the 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 cartridge was an interpreter. Now, you could right. write the software there, run it, right. test it, and do it, and then I think you could save it, and then. You could buy separately a a uh, compiler for it, and I don't remember I, if we had that or not. I, I I don't recall whether that cartridge had any interaction with code in it that was a was a uh, execution engine for for the uh, uh, for the code you had developed, or whether they cared about you know because of memory they might have reduced the size so it wasn't totally source code. It might have been. A mixed language, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, some some parts that got converted to assembly for execution because they were that gives you better performance. So, it, you know, how much capability that had, I I don't know because you have to know something about how Comal was developed. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember the specific either. I just remember that that was it was. You know, it's been so long. I just remember we were both kind of like, wow, this is really kind of cool. <laughs> but. but it, but some of the things people are saying here, I don't know if they know what they're talking about or not. 
uh, yeah. made, made me think that this possibility exists that there was certain amount of, of compilation. Uh, anyway, I'm yeah. going to read through this and, and try to understand it better and get online with, with these people. So anyway, I think we've probably, well, we've covered lots of things, haven't we? We have. Yeah. We have. So anyway. Let's call it, call yeah, it a day, Tom. I think so. I think this is, now's the time to say goodbye, right? That's how the song yep. goes. That's what it is. <laughs> now's <laughs> the time to say goodbye. Was that, the, was that one of your kids' shows? Sleep, <laughs> baby, sleep. No, there, that was a, um, it was the end of, uh, what was that show that used to sing that song? Yeah, was, that's what it made me think about. It, it. Would, there was a show, but I don't think it was a kid's song. Um, Captain Kangaroo, <laughs> or, or Mr. Robert Rogers, or something. You know, I'm trying to to find out right now what it was. Uh, uh, let's see. Now's the time to say goodbye. Song. Let's see if I can uh, find out what it was. I'm awaiting with bated breath. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I see nothing that uh Uh-oh. that that uh, it takes a little while. Mickey to get Mickey right. Mouse Club time to say goodbye. It was the end of the Mickey Mouse Club. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it, right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's it was like what oh, oh, I know what that is. Yeah, that's right. There was the that was the closing theme for Mickey Mouse Club. You know, I got to say something here because yesterday was one of our Sundays that I go over to our clubhouse, meet with lots of other. Oh, uh, your your music. Sings, yeah, my music yeah. group and sing songs and stuff like that. So anyway, this year, uh, our leader had put together a list of Christmas songs, mm-hmm. and uh, anyway, uh, I, I really enjoyed it because there's a lot of aha moments. You know, you hadn't heard this or that for quite a long time. But the one that I really enjoyed was after we were there two, for two full hours and we was trying to fill the space. And I w- ha- was looking through lists and had uh, noticed that there was an Elvis song in there. And it's uh, a, when he said, my uh, blue, blue Christmas. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I, I was going to say, how did that start out? This, uh, um Oh, there'll be a blue Christmas without you. Without you. Yeah, that's the one. And I really got into that song, and people applauded me at the end. Now, they were were others singing along, but I just, you know, in order to do that song, you got to get rid of your concern that everybody's going to think you're trying to be Elvis and all this. And I did. I just really, you You just got to set it aside and, and get into the song. I got into the song, and so I played Elvis for a little bit. And that's did fun. Christmas, and so I, it that's was a lot fun. of fun. Yeah, and that's a classic. It's yeah. always on my Christmas playlists. I, I look back, and there's several songs like that that I wish that I had my uh, phone on to my recorder and had just recorded the song just to play it back and see if it sounded, you know, what, what whether I thought it sounded well, you know. <laughs> yeah. I hope I sang it well, but you you know how it is when you're singing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, anyway, we all enjoyed ourselves. I'm glad uh, you had a good time. And uh, so we won't see each other for a month now because next uh, t- time uh, we would have gotten together is Christmas. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. Christmas falls on the weekend this week, this year, Christmas yeah. and New Year's. So yep. weekend stuff gets turned off for a couple weeks, which is yep. fine. There's nothing wrong with with uh, spending time with family during that time. I just sent yep. you one last link. It's sort of a uh, uh, we won't be recording next Monday uh, because I won't be here. I will be in the great state of Wisconsin cheering on my Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field Monday night football. Um, I sent you the 10-day weather outlook, and if you happen to look at that, want to share what the temperature is going to be Monday night, the cold to the lowest? <laughs> you sent me a weather app? I sent you a screenshot. Look at it. Oh, <laughs> minus one. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah, I saw that yesterday and I texted my brother. He and I are going together and I I uh said I've I've gone from from um you know nervous excitement to fear. <laughs> <laughs> now I checked it this morning and they've updated the forecast and it's actually gonna be a little bit warmer. It's gonna be eight. But you know, oh. I'm not sure that my body can tell the difference between eight and minus one, quite frankly. <laughs> Uh, after it's frozen, it's just frozen. You know? Exactly. At that point, I'm I'm just uh, incredibly uh, cold and uncomfortable. We'll see how it's going to go. We both have lots of uh, layers and winter weather or winter gear, so hopefully we'll we'll be able to stay, uh, if well, not comfortable, at least safe. <laughs> you know, your circle that you wrote around it. It looks to me the reason it's cold like that is because it's clear. The clouds left. Yeah, yeah. You see earlier in the week, like Wednesday and Thursday, they're getting yeah. snow in. And those days, it's in the 30s. Yeah. Uh, and this yeah. is the low. I mean, the high for the day is, is uh, you know, in, uh, almost every day that week is in the 30s. But then right after the snow comes out, you're right. It gets clear. It gets real cold. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. You yeah. want clouds. Clouds can, can keep some heat in. Yeah. Like a blanket. Like a blanket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, anyhow, we will have an experience. <laughs> yeah, so. I couldn't resist. Remember, I sent you a, a, a snow, snowy day a week or so ago, and I said, this is just, it's practicing. I know. <laughs> well, Thinking I, that snow was the worst thing. I've been getting think- up in the mornings and walking, and one morning this week it was 38 when I was walking, and I was thinking, that's as hot as it's going to get when I'm there. That's the hottest <laughs> it possibly is going to be. <laughs> And now it doesn't look like it's even going to get that. So we'll see. Uh, well, you got a week for it to change. Yeah, yeah, I've got a week, literally a week from today. So, uh, but no, no recording next Monday. None, needless to say. Um, uh, so uh, I'll touch base well, with you the following week, I guess. I mean, I could bring stuff and we could record from a hotel room or something, but I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> well, you enjoy you enjoy your time in, in Green Bay and and. Uh, we will do our Here best to stay trackers. warm and safe and dry. And yeah, well, they, they, he they just might win if it's cold enough. Yeah, well, and he's clearly going to be <laughs> cheering for his Rams. Uh, he he got a uh, you know the Elmer Fudd style hat that comes down and covers your ears, but oh, it's yeah. all all in in the blue and gold Rams with Rams logos all over it. And I said, "You're going to wear that and embarrass me, aren't you?" And he went, "Yep." <laughs> so, well, you got to go get your hat, Todd. You got to be that. Whoa, I'm going to buy a cheese wedge. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got I've got all my cold weather gear. I, I'm going to be bundled up and and uh, and hopefully hopefully reasonably comfortable. So, anyhow, um, thanks for joining us. And oh, you got more to say? No, I was just going to say I've sure enjoyed today. We've had a good 
time. We did. We did. a lot of things. We sure did. We had a big list of stuff, and I think we really hit most of it. So yep, I think we did. So oh. very cool. So on that happy note, we'll uh, and we went long time today too. So uh, we'll see you in two weeks. We'll see you in two weeks. Yeah. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs>